0: So you've heard all the buzz about the carnivore diet. Have you ever wondered how exactly it works? How do you get your vitamins and minerals? Is it sustainable? In this episode of the KetoCamp Podcast, we bring on the ketologist himself, Chris Irvin, to discuss how to reset your health with the carnivore diet.
1: you know, if you're going to do keto, I think that we should prioritize protein more than we have in the past. And your protein demands really should change based on your goals and based on your lifestyle, right? I think, you know, my protein requirements, given the way that I train and how often I I work out and things is going to be different. Uh, It's going to require different protein requirements compared to somebody who is maybe more sedentary or has a different body composition. So I guess the, the more simple way to say that is that it, you know nutrition is personalized, so we need to make sure that uh, we, we're always individualizing everything for ourselves.
0: I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people have been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, host of the Keto Camp Podcast. You can learn more about me over at benazadi.com. I am excited to bring on Chris Irvin for the first time on the Keto Camp Podcast to discuss all things the carnivore diet. Chris has done tremendous research surrounding this healing tool that we have access to. And you might have heard my previous episode over the summer on my 40 day carnivore experience. If you didn't, I'll link that down in the podcast notes. Chris is gonna get into his story first and foremost, how he got involved with what he's doing. As an athlete, he actually discovered keto and used ketosis to improve his performance. And we'll get into that. We'll talk about keto and performance, how ketosis can actually help you build muscle. Chris is gonna debunk a lot of myths there. Then we'll get into how he discovered carnivore and why he decided to create an entire course surrounding carnivore. I ask them the question, where do you get your vitamins and minerals from when you're just eating meat? How does carnivore repair the gut? Is it great for autoimmune disease? Is it good for leaky gut? Is it sustainable? We get into some Q&A with some of the KetoCamp Academy members. We actually bring on a member to ask questions directly, which you'll hear from Rick. That's a lot of fun. Supplements for the carnivore diet, how to repair the gut after antibiotics, and some little strategies and tips for you if you're doing carnivore, considering doing carnivore, these little tips can help you feel much, much better. So before I bring Chris onto the show, I wanna thank you so much for choosing the Keto Camp podcast, helping us achieve a top 15 status here in the United States. We are so grateful. I wanna take a minute here to get to the Apple Podcast rating and review of the day. This five-star review comes from Will Yuyo, titled, The Best. Thanks for your, all your knowledge. I like that you are super clear and you explain slowly. And that is something very good because it is easy to understand. I am from Argentina. I speak Spanish. And when you explain, you are super clear. And I like that. Don't ever change that. And thanks again. Well, I'm so grateful you're listening from Argentina. You know, one of my best friends, Carla, she's from Argentina. I actually have a lot of friends here in Miami. It's Miami's a melting pot. If you've never been to Miami, it's such a beautiful city. There are different pockets of different cultures. There is not one culture that predominantly um, runs Miami, if you will, there are different little pockets. So there's little Argentina, there's little Haiti, there's little Havana, which is little Cuba. There's little Russia. I'm telling you, it's it's so amazing to see that because you see these restaurants that pop up and families that immigrate here from different countries and they kind of go to the same pockets and it creates these different cultures. So Miami's a big melting pot. There is an area here about five minutes south of me here in Miami Beach that is known as Little Argentina. There is Argentinian restaurants and bakeries, and it's a lot of Argentinians live in the apartment buildings there and houses there. So it reminded me of that, but (laughs) I'm off track here. I wanted to thank you for listening from and I wanted to thank you for those kind words and also for leaving the show a rating and review. It really does help the show grow and expand and really just touch more lives. If you have not left the Keto Camp podcast a rating or a review yet, please do so on Apple Podcast. It really does help the show grow. When you leave that rating and review, take a screenshot and submit that screenshot photo to support at ketocamp.com. With your mailing address in the United States only, and I will sign my fasting book for you and mail it out to you as a thank you. So please do so, it really does help the show grow. I have an exciting new online program that I just launched. It's called the Keto Camp Membership. With your Keto Camp membership, you'll get access to over 50 videos teaching you keto, intermittent fasting, and other areas of health you're also going to get access to a private Facebook group, exclusive live stream Q&As with me, a monthly newsletter with some of my favorite keto biohacks. You'll get digital downloads for a keto smoothie recipe, my best-selling fasting book, my best-selling sleep book. You're going to get a grocery shopping list, my Keto Camp blueprint, which is an aisle by aisle instruction for keto, how to get clean keto foods and stay away from the Dirty keto foods. There's vegan meal plans for keto. There's regular meal plans for keto. And you'll get all of this, which is valued at over $2,580. You'll get all of this for guess what? One monthly payment of $5. That's right. It's not a joke. That's the actual price of the program. $5 per month, canceling time. You can get access to the Keto Camp membership. I encourage you to go to www. Dot startketocamp.com. Remember camp is spelled with a K, www.startketocamp.com and get access for $5, start burning fat, get coaching, get assistance, and I wanna see you in the Keto Camp membership. We'll put a link for this as well in the podcast notes. Can't wait to see you in there and help you burn some fat. I wanna briefly take a break here and let you know about my favorite coffee in the world. Look, I'm a coffee snob for good reasons, because the right coffee source can be healing to the body, can reduce inflammation and result in weight loss. The wrong coffee beans could actually increase inflammation, cause weight loss resistance and sabotage your keto results. There was a recent study in the Canadian Journal of Physiology and Pharmacology that showed caffeine intake from coffee beans could actually increase fatty acid production and help the participants produce more ketones. Most coffee beans are loaded with pesticides and contaminants and even mold. This is why I love my friends over at Purity Coffee. Hands down the best coffee beans I have ever tried. I have my delicious cup of Purity Coffee in the morning with some grass-fed ghee and MCT oil, and it turns my brain right on and helps my body produce ketones. Purity Coffee is organic, pesticide-free. These beans are specialty-grade, and you could get this coffee shipped straight to your door in nitrogen-flushed bags, roastery fresh. Since you are a listener to the Keto Camp podcast, we have worked out an exclusive coupon code for you to check out Purity Coffee. Head over to www.puritycoffee.com ketocampcoffee.com. Use Ketocamp at checkout to get 10% off your order. Again, that is www.ketocampcoffee.com. Use the coupon code Ketocamp at checkout for 10% off your bag of coffee beans. Remember, camp is spelled with a K. Okay, let's talk all things carnivore with the ketologist himself, Chris Irvin. Today, I'm grateful to have with me a friend, a colleague, a brilliant researcher in the ketosis and fasting and carnivore holistic health space. He is a nutrition researcher. He's a writer, an educator who holds a master's degree in exercise and nutrition science, and is currently the education manager for Perfect Keto. He lives just three hours and maybe four hours north of me in the Tampa Florida, St. Pete area, and he's going to break it all down for us today. Without further ado, <clears throat> let's bring on Chris Irvin. Hey, brother. Hey, how's it going, Ben? Uh, doing well. How are you today? I'm good, man. i tell you, I'm amped up after
1: that little countdown with the music going and everything. <laughs> I had like, you know, chills going down my spine.
0: Pretty neat. It's like, it's like when Michael Jordan was going to come onto the court for the Bulls, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I felt the heart
1: rate kind of elevating
0: a little bit. <laughs> So you are doing such great work out there. Not only are you an amazing human being with great energy, but you put out a lot of great content. Your Instagram page is just a wealth of information. And you have a a guide out there on carnivore, and you're doing some cool things with carnivore, which we'll get into. But I want to hear your story. I want you to share with the Keto Campers how you got involved with this space, Chris.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks. I appreciate the kind words on that, especially coming from a great content producer like yourself. But yeah, so my story is... I would say in some ways very similar to a lot of other stories out there, but there's definitely some unique twists along the way. I came to keto when I was about 20, I think I was about 24 years old, 23 years old. I was just finishing uh, graduate school, or I'm sorry, I was just finishing my undergraduate school. I had never heard about the ketogenic diet. I was getting ready to start grad school down here in Tampa. I went to a conference, heard about keto from Uh, The likes of Dr. D'Augustino and Dr. Jeff Volick, who I had no idea about at the time, didn't know who these guys were, but was pretty blessed to have such an incredible intro to the diet coming from these guys who are, you know, the the rock stars. I always joke they're like the Mount Rushmore of keto researchers. You know, first time hearing about keto, I think this was in 2015, didn't really think too much about it, kind of thought that it was just more of a weight loss diet, Uh, didn't see any application for myself, so kind of forgot all about it. Went to Tampa a few months later to start my graduate degree at the University of Tampa. First class I take is a sports nutrition class, and we're covering keto. And I'm learning about the exercise benefits of keto and, and how much research is out there about endurance athletes and, and you know, from people like Dr. Uh, or Professor Tim Noakes and, and Dr. Volick and guys like that. So, you know, now I'm super intrigued because somebody that was, you know, I played sports in my undergraduate. Was you know into nutrition, but uh, didn't really have a great grasp of it. Had done a lot of different diets in the past, and and you know had some great experiences, had some bad experiences. Uh, but you know finding that there were some sports performance benefits to this diet kind of intrigued me a little bit. So started looking into it a little bit more. Was actually you know right after that first class, sold on it. Uh, decided to try it myself. Went to the grocery store that night. I remember shopping and just picking up you know, I think it was like the basics, right? Bacon, eggs, cream, cheese, (laughs) ranch dressing, you know, just like... Did it feel
0: like you were doing something wrong getting that food?
1: (laughs) For sure. I mean, like my undergraduate nutrition classes were so like anti-fat, anti-cholesterol, no mention of carbohydrates or sugar or anything like that, but just like all about, you know, checking labels to make sure that you're not consuming a ton of cholesterol. So this was, and this was, you know, in a degree that was focused on nutrition, my undergraduate was biology and exercise science, I had several nutrition courses, and still just didn't have that correct framework. So I definitely felt like, you know, it felt like I was trying something that was good. It was bound to fail, right? Like, there's no way I'm actually going to see benefits from this. But everybody's saying that it's great. So I better give it a try. And, you know, admittedly, my first couple days of keto didn't feel great because of the mistakes I was doing, I didn't know anything about electrolytes. I didn't know anything about, you know, just hydrating yourself properly, or food quality wasn't really a big thing for me at the time. So a lot of those mistakes kind of led to me having a rough intro to the diet. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, after a few days, after a few weeks, I really started noticing that I was feeling better, I was feeling, you know, more energy, I didn't really have weight to lose at the time, you know, I was a little bit higher body fat percentage at that time, but it wasn't really a focus of mine to lose weight but I really started noticing the increases in energy and cognitive function were like the two that just blew me away. Uh, at that time I had crazy schedule. My Monday through Friday was five to 9.00 AM. I was personal training at a gym. And then from nine to five, I was working in a lab studying keto. So I'll kind of get to that story a little bit later. Mm -hmm. And then from, you know, five to 8.00 PM at night, I was back personal training. So yeah, I was just, I was crushing myself was definitely dependent on caffeine at the time and all of a sudden keto comes in and changes everything right just it, I have this energy I have this mental clarity I didn't have before so now I'm like you know what there's something to this so I actually you know I was fortunate enough to be able to get into the lab at the University of Tampa and start studying I got to start studying keto specifically and and then athletes which was a really cool opportunity so I got to look at using keto in uh, we had, you know, lacrosse players. We had basketball players, baseball players, soccer players, tennis players, and we had really cool general population subjects who just were like training at really high intensities and really knew how to push themselves. So, got to do so many cool researches, just like seeing, you know, how we can get people adapted to keto quicker and how exercise performance is affected by the transition into keto, and just so many different topics. Uh, so, you know, at this point, I'm sold on keto for sports performance. Uh, I think that it's it's a great use cases there, even for, you know, at the time we knew endurance was great, but was really starting to see that, Hey, you know, these athletes in power and, and strength sports can also see improvements here. So I was, I was a little bit, you know, I was fortunate enough to kind of be an early adopter to understanding its its place in sports performance and, you know, kind of thought that that was going to be it for Keto and me. I thought that, you know, I would just maybe use this as a tool for myself and a tool for people that I would work with in the future who are maybe more focused on athletic performance. And then, you know, I, I think it was Christmas break my first year, I stumbled across the book, Tripping Over the Truth by Travis Christofferson. Mm. I always recommend this book because it's one, it kind of set me on my path. But it's just an incredible book that opens your eyes to, um, you know, this body of research that has been covered up and that a lot of people don't know exists, which is, you know, the use of ketogenesis and, and ketosis for different metabolic therapies. Uh, so this really opened up my eyes to, okay, there's this other component to keto, which is the therapeutic component that I didn't even know exists. You know, there's starting to be, this is 2015, 2016. So, you know, some research had existed, but there's more coming out during this time showing, you know, these potential mechanistic benefits for Alzheimer's and, uh, you know, maybe cardiovascular disease and diabetes and metabolic syndrome. So started getting really excited about that. And you know, I was really fortunate at that time that we had a guest professor at our university, which was Dr. Angela Poff, um, who was coming over from USF, which is where Dr. DiAgostino's at. Mm-hmm. So she had just finished up her doctorate under D'Agostino um, when she was teaching her the course here at UT. And while I didn't get a chance to have class with her, because I, uh, you know, it was a, an elective that I didn't choose because when I came into the program, I wasn't into to her topic yet. Um, I did get a chance to meet her and kind of connect with her and say, hey, is there anything that I can do in the, you know, in the lab? I have an internship coming up that I need to complete for my graduate schooling. Is there any opportunity for me to come and help out with what you guys are doing? Because, you know, I, I read their research and and started, you know, getting into this more therapeutic side of things. Uh, so I was really fortunate that, that they took me in and I got to spend a few weeks, a couple of months actually in their lab studying keto. that's
0: super cool dude
1: yeah it was honestly it was and i at the time i knew it was an amazing experience and looking back now i realize even more how great of an experience it was i mean we're talking about like the top minds in the keto space with dr d'agostino dr poff and then there were a couple other great ones too um dr andrew kotnick who was going through his phd at the time he's now finished that and then dr shannon kels who's also just a, a or kessel is also an incredible person so I was just blown away and, and super fortunate to get to learn from these amazing minds. And, you know, when I finished graduate school, I kind of hit this little bit of a crossroad where I was like, you know, I thought that I was my plan was to go get my PhD and, and to maybe continue studying at USF if I was fortunate enough to get a position there and, and to really dive into academics. But I started to kind of get this, um, this drive and, and I had my heart was kind of being pulled in a different direction, which was, you know, I was frustrated that all of this information was available and that all of these researchers were doing this incredible life-changing work, but their work was being, you know, locked up in these journals that people either didn't have access to or didn't know how to understand and interpret if they did have access to it. So I kind of started having this desire to get more into just like producing content and just trying to like be somebody who can educate the masses on you know ketogenic dieting. So I was the one of the places that I worked at shortly after grad school was a a place that was working on ketogenic.com website. So I got to do a lot of the early work on that website, which taught me a lot about content production and marketing and things like that. During that time, I started my own brand, which was the Ketologist, which has kind of always been meant to just be a resource just for helping people with keto and, and health in general.
0: Brilliant. I love that
1: name, by the way, the Ketologist. Great, great name. <laughs> Thanks, man. I have to say, it's funny how it came to me. I was, uh, I think it was right at the end of grad school when it came to me. And I had been you know, out late the, the night before with some friends, woke up the, the next morning, kind of late, was like sleeping in, you know, kind of taking it easy. And, like, I just remember as soon as my eyes opened up that morning, like, the name Ketologist just hit me in the head, like, out of nowhere.
0: The universe just delivered it to you. It just delivered it right (laughs) to me.
1: And uh, I think that that, like, I woke up, got out of bed, went online, checked, like, the domain was available, the social media handles were available, so I just grabbed them all real quick. And and just started going with it.
0: Action taker, dude. Speed of implementation is one of the number one determining factors for success, and you did that.
1: Oh man, I, and I think it was just this. Uh, I was fortunate enough at the time that I was around a lot of people who were really driven. Some people, like one of my really good friends, I recommend people checking out his content. Uh, Will Wallace, he's somebody that I went to. He's Will the Wallace on social media. Uh, he's a ingredient or a supplement formulator, and I went to grad school with him, and we became really close and you know, me and him and, and a lot of other guys that I was went to school with, we were always just like, so driven and driving each other to help people and and start our own things and kind of get into like health entrepreneurship and stuff like that. So I was, I was a lot around a lot of action takers, I think that kind of gave me that motivation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that that's really how I got into, you know, the ketologist and, and the content production side of things. I just saw that the you know, I wanted this information to be more accessible to people. I didn't want people to have to be able to read an academic paper to be able to figure out that keto can help reverse their type two diabetes, right? And I just wanted to to be able to serve some role in helping more people get access to that. Um, Over the last couple of years, I've been fortunate enough to land a position at Perfect Keto where I'm able to do things like help formulate some of their products, work on customer education, Uh, and then, you know, work on different educational resources that we provide to our customers as well. So besides that, really just kind of taking it, you know, day by day, just trying to find different ways to help more people. I think um, right now, there's so many resources out there in the low carb space that uh, it's it's actually becoming, you know, a little bit easier now to get your message out there and, and to collaborate with people. I think you'd probably agree when we first came into this space, it was like the wild, wild west. And there was like, nobody to collaborate with and you were kind of on your own doing things. Yeah. Um, and now we have all these incredible opportunities to, you know, record podcasts and and things are just getting easier to to reach audiences. So uh, it's true. been pretty cool to see how that's changed over the last couple of years.
0: Oh yeah. It's really, really cool. You know, it's a double edged sword now because a lot of people are teaching keto, but not a lot of people are teaching it the way that we teach it from the focus of a uh, cellular health. Right. Um, when you were sharing that, I remember when I used to own my CrossFit gym here in Miami uh, for, for four and a half years, I had a, a CrossFit gym, and I got into keto and fasting in 2013 when I owned the gym, and I used to host these workshops, these these seminars, right? And I had these CrossFitters who were members who would be like, you want me to... Skip breakfast. Not have a meal every two to three hours. Eat fat. They hated the idea of doing keto and intermittent fasting. I had. I got so much backlash. And then you know I just kept doing the workshops. And I remember even doing some workshops when I used to follow the calories in, calories out approach. The science of fat loss. Right. Let me show you how to calculate your your calories here. I remember being so confused with that but yeah anyways when you shared that it just spawned that memory of mine
1: oh yeah i mean i remember having that same experience with the gym that i was at because i was a trainer at a gym here in tampa while i was in grad school so you know i was working here there so much that a lot of my i was eating a lot of my meals at the gym so a lot of the other trainers were looking at what i was doing and you know all of them were like you know trying to gain muscle so they were stuffing down like you know, tons of rice every time they were eating like rice and chicken and sweet potatoes, like the, the basic bodybuilding diets. Right. And they're like, hey, this guy's eating like, you know, two meals a day. You know, he's eating like ground beef and eggs and stuff like that. Like, it doesn't even make sense. How is he able to like work out or, you know, have energy or anything like that? You know, that was also at a time where keto was so less understood too. where it was like, it really was. And I guess we still see this today with so many more people coming into the space. But back then, it really was just a eat fat, don't eat carbs approach there was nobody talking about food quality there's nobody talking about micronutrients or you know anything else other than make sure you put a lot of fat on stuff and make sure that you don't have more than 20 grams or 30 grams of carbs a day okay. so um, space has come a long way in some senses but you know I think that we're we still got a lot of work to do
0: yeah yeah we do and we're doing it and you know check out Chris's uh instagram is it's at the ketologist correct yeah that's correct yeah, you got a great Instagram, you are very consistent, you have infographics, you have some cool videos. So definitely that's the number one platform I recommend you check them out on. Uh, And then we'll talk about your other platforms later. Before we transition into Carnivore and how you discovered Carnivore and, and how Carnivore could reset your health, one last question based off of what you were sharing. A lot of people think it's almost impossible if not you wouldn't get the result of building muscle and and being able to perform as an athlete if you're fat adapted if you're not having carbohydrates and you're not burning sugar how is it possible to put on muscle even let's say you're an athlete and you want to put on muscle for performance or you're just you know in general you want to put on lean muscle for longevity how does ketosis help you do that yeah, so I think through
1: through several different mechanisms, so you know the idea that a lot of people have is that carbohydrates and insulin are required for muscle growth. And while they do play a role in muscle growth, like you you can use those as uh, influencers on your your muscles to grow. You don't have to have them. and there are other ways that we can stimulate muscle growth. So I will say that for ketosis to be able to provide muscle growth benefits, I think that the diet and your training has to be optimized to allow for that. Um, but I think two of the mechanisms that are most interesting is one that, you know, you asked about ketosis specifically, we know that ketones are muscle sparing, so they can allow your body to spare muscle break muscle protein breakdown, uh, which is especially beneficial when you're losing fat and you're in a calorie deficit, right? So um, that's one of the, the mechanisms is that it's you're not losing muscle is mm-hmm. step one. And then there's also some really interesting research out there that ketones can stimulate Uh, muscle growth by activating muscle proteins, in which a ketogenic diet can produce benefits for muscle building. Uh, But then also, you know, there's things that have to be optimized in the diet to allow for it. So, you know, a research study that came out, I think it was last year showed that, you know, the traditional 20 to 25% of your calories coming from protein, uh, that version of keto for healthy individuals resistance training might not be the best for building muscle. I think that study actually showed some muscle loss in the men. So I think that, you know, getting enough protein in uh, is going to be essential.
0: What's your recommendation for protein? I think that
1: it does depend on where the rest of your macronutrients need to be. Uh, Generally speaking, I like to shoot for between like 1.2 to 1.5 grams per kilogram, uh, which is pretty high, I would say, by most recommendations. But I think that just everybody can benefit from it. You know, I think that what, what, regardless of what stage you're in, like for somebody like myself who's super active and who's working out a lot and also, you know, a little bit bigger person, having more protein is going to be, I think, important for me to just maintain muscle mass and recover from my exercise.
0: So, so sorry to cut you off. So you said 1.2 to 1.5 grams of protein per gram uh, or per kilogram per of kilogram of total body weight. Yes. Okay. Got it. Just wanted to be clear there.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can break that fact. That's kind of the, the, one of the ways that I explain it, you can break that down into more simple measures, but yeah, I think that that's just, it's important for even people who aren't trying to gain muscle. So we're, we're talking about gaining muscle here, but even for like, you know, maybe elderly populations who aren't focused on gaining muscle, there still really needs to be a focus on retaining muscle because mm. it's so important. It's metabolically active tissue. You know, we know that a lot of chronic diseases, cancer included, one of the, the reasons that they're able to destroy our health is through muscle loss. So it's just it's so important for us to keep this healthy metabolic tissue active and stimulated. And I think increasing our protein intake is important for that. So, you know, if you're gonna do keto, I think that we should prioritize protein more than we have in the past. And your protein demands really should change based on your goals and based on your lifestyle, right? I think, you know, my protein requirements, given the way that I train and how often I, I work out and things is going to be different, uh, it's going to require different protein requirements compared to somebody who is maybe more sedentary or has a different body composition. So I guess the, the more simple way to say that is that, it, you know, nutrition is personalized. So we need to make sure that uh, we are always individualizing everything for ourselves.
0: Yeah, well said. And, and, you know, I have come to find over the years of studying and teaching keto that for most people, increasing the protein will get them better results. And most people are are under eating the protein. So that's super solid advice. Uh, I want to transition, Chris, into the carnivore diet. You know, you have put out a lot of work lately on the carnivore diet. Let's break down carnivore for those who kind of have an understanding about it. So they're in the beginning stages, and then we'll get into more of the the weeds and the advanced version of it. Why did you decide to get into carnivore and actually have a, a reset challenge all about carnivore? Yeah, so uh, my
1: intro into carnivore, my journey has kind of been, it's been a bit of a long one. I think I started with trying carnivore and implementing it as a strategy into my diet about two and a half years ago, this was about the time where, you know, it was starting to blow up where I think, you know, Jordan Peterson had started talking about it on uh, Jordan, Joe Rogan's podcast, you know, the buzz was definitely out there. I was not convinced at first, I was kind of a a late early adopter, I guess I should say, um, because I didn't think that there was any way that an all meat diet would be beneficial for anybody. I really felt like fiber was important. Uh, I really felt like you know, we needed to be having leafy green vegetables and things like that in our diet. So I was a little bit late to adopt it, but it started getting so popular and I started seeing these anecdotal reports that you just really couldn't refute. So I, you know, it's like, if people are reporting feeling this way, where, you know, autoimmune conditions are getting reversed, uh, chronic digestive conditions are getting better, you know, people with joint pain are are feeling better, you know, what's going on here. So I decided to give it a try myself, really loved the way that I felt. And it really changed even just doing carnivore for 30 days. The first time I tried it, it changed the way that I looked at nutrition and the way that I ate for the rest of my life. I'm still eating differently based on that first introduction to carnivore. And I think the the biggest reason why was because during that time, I started prioritizing quality red meat consumption, which I wasn't doing a lot of before. And, you know, looking through the research and having a better understanding of nutrition now, we know that red meat is one of the most nutrient dense food sources on the planet. So, you know, now that I was actually prioritizing this into my diet, I was seeing just these drastic health improvements. So, for a while there, I was kind of had this view that carnivore, you know, it wasn't what the diet was, it's what it wasn't, right? It was that like I, it's a, I was cutting out like a lot of foods and then I was cutting out, you know, all these different things that could be triggering just not optimization of my diet, right? Just things that were like holding me back. But then after doing carnivore, I kind of had this realization that was like, no, there's actually something more to it. Like the meat is providing something that wasn't in my diet before that wasn't in my diet adequately enough before, Mm -hmm. you know, I was, I was sold on it for personal use. And I had come out with a program a couple of years ago that was more of like a carnivore for body recomposition. So it was for people who were stuck at weight loss plateaus you know, people who were trying to shred up, lose body fat, uh, and the those stories and the the success stories from that challenge was just incredible. I mean, people who were stuck at plateaus for months on end, busting through and dropping a ton of fat, um, people just, you know, whether it was using it to get from level zero to one with their health, or people using it to get from level nine to 10, it was just incredible to see it. So I was sold on it. I was like, this is this is fantastic. So over the, you know, last year and a half just started researching it more. And I think it was earlier this year, Uh, One of my friends, Christy, who I had met at a conference, the Metabolic Health Summit out in California, who she's an incredible researcher, incredible writer in the keto space. She uh, had, you know, kind of told me that she thought there might be some some gut health component to this carnivore diet, which you know there had been some inclination that that was there. You know, when you start seeing people reporting seeing improvements in autoimmune conditions, right. you start thinking that okay, there's we know that there's a gut real health component to autoimmune conditions, so maybe carnivores acting on the gut. But she was actively reading the research, and she was finding that there was a lot of ways in which a carnivore diet could be providing benefit. Now, I will say when we say reading research, that doesn't mean reading randomized controlled clinical trials, looking at the carnivore diet for, you know, 45 days on 30 subjects. Those unfortunately don't exist. Right. Uh, But there is a lot of mechanistic research out there and a lot of, you know, research that we can kind of infer from how the carnivore diet may be producing these benefits. But at the end of the day, to be honest, just seeing the stories and hearing so many people, you know, I get people messaging me all the time on social media saying, you know, I used carnivore and I saw these benefits. It was just like eye-opening to, and it kind of made us say, rather than waiting for research to catch up and waiting for other doctors to start, you know, prescribing this as, as an option for these people, let's create a resource that people can use and they can make the decision if this is the right fit for them and give it a try. And that's really what led to the carnivore reset program is, is we wanted to create this program that somebody could use to reset their gut and reset their health in general. I think that those two kind of go hand in hand and we can talk about that a little bit more in depth, but yeah, we just really wanted to have this resource for people that they could, you know, use and understand and, and kind of see you know, have a lot of the myths about red meat and carnivore debunked too. I think that's a really important thing. You know, it's, it's very hard to be pro red meat in today's world. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many uh, anti-meat propaganda that's out there, whether it's because of health reasons or because of uh, moral reasons or environmental reasons, there's so much misinformation out there. So we also wanted this to be a resource that could kind of show people that like, Hey, maybe there's a little bit more to this story than what other people are letting on.
0: Yeah. And I read the guide. It's really well done the, the document that you created my next question is is a question that i get asked a lot about carnivore which is all right but where am i going to get my vitamins and minerals if i'm just eating animal protein and fat where is it coming from if you're not having your vegetables and fruits
1: yeah so i think this actually takes two parts to answer this question you know one is that surprisingly and i'll admit even with my nutrition background and surprising to me is how many nutrients are contained within red meat Red meat contains, you know, like all of the vital nutrients that we need to survive. But not only does it contain those nutrients, but it contains them in a more bioavailable form. So if you look at a lot of the research comparing bioavailability or the absorption of nutrients from plant sources versus animal sources, we see a drastic difference. Some research shows as low as like five to fifteen percent of the vitamins coming from plants we're able to absorb versus like ninety plus percent when coming from red meat. That's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 crazy and big difference. Yeah, it really is. And and when you understand that, then you can kind of understand why a plant based diet might work in the short term, but doesn't tend to work long term for people. Uh, You're just not able. You're you're consuming the nutrients, right? But you're not able to get all. You're not able to get access to all of them that are in there. So while you know this vegetable may be really high in vitamin X, Y, or Z, if you're only able to absorb five to fifteen percent of it, then it's not really doing you any any favors. Whereas this meat that may contain less of it, of a certain vitamin or or mineral, uh, you're able to absorb more of it. So you're actually getting a a more net positive gain in that vitamin or that mineral. So that's kind of the first thing. But the other thing too, is that our demand for some vitamins changes when our diets change, right? So like vitamin C is a really big one. Now you, you can get vitamin C in a carnivore diet, but you hear people talk a lot about vitamin C and vitamin C deficiencies people worried about you know getting scurvy and all this stuff when you don't have meat. One of the things that we know is that ketones are actually able to provide a lot of the same mechanistic benefits that vitamin C does. So when you are, and this is something we see with a ketogenic diet too, that when you know your demand for vitamin C is a little bit less when you're producing ketones. Inherently, when you're on a carnivore diet, because of the low carb nature of it, you see uh, an increase in ketone production, which kind of changes your demand for this, this mineral or this vitamin. So I think that that's another component to it too, is these things that you did need before, your body doesn't need as much of anymore because your metabolism is changing when you're adopting this carnivore diet.
0: Oh, that's really well said, and uh, it's important to understand that because when people tell you, "Oh, your vitamin C is going to go low when you eat nothing but meat," or if you're doing keto, where are you going to get your vitamin D from? Now you understand how this works. There's less of a need for it when you're in ketosis, and you know carnivore and keto. When I was doing carnivore, I was in ketosis, right? It's it's pretty much they're very very similar. Uh, and then something else to just add what you said is that when these cows and these animals are eating the grass, they're eating the plants, they have the stomach to break that down. And then all the vitamins and minerals get stored in their fat. And then we eat the animal and we get all those vitamins and minerals that are in their fat when we we cook it. So that's another way we're getting those vitamins and minerals.
1: For sure. It's, you know, I think that it's really important for people to understand that process because we remove ourselves from food production so much that we don't, when that kind of prevents us from understanding these things that make it easier for us to be, you know, susceptible to what other people tell us about nutrition, right? But when you kind of understand the core basics of it and you understand, okay, ruminant animals like cows have different digestive systems that allow them to turn low quality protein sources into high quality protein sources as those Resources relate to us as humans, right? Um, then it becomes very clear what the optimal human diet should be, right? If we know that we need these things in our diet, and these food sources contain them in the most abundant amounts and the most recognizable to our body amounts, then you know it becomes very clear that hey, the you know whether it's carnivore or whatever diet you're doing, the proper human diet is going to contain red meat in some
0: capacity. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you wanna get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com, check them out. Order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN, B-E-N, and the number 4. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. So let's let's talk about the gut. You know, why have we seen such tremendous benefit when it comes to repairing and healing the gut including autoimmune disease with the carnivore diet?
1: Yeah, so you know, kind of I alluded to it briefly when I was kind of rolling through my my rant on carnivore, but I think there's two primary reasons why we're seeing gut health improvements. There's what the diet isn't doing to your body and then what it is doing to your body. So to start with the what it isn't doing, we know that Plants contain compounds that are, you know, we. I don't think we have a great understanding of of the full capacity of how these compounds interact in our body. But one of the things we know is that when we have a ton of these um, anti nutrients and these, you know, these toxins that are found in plants in our bodies, they can cause problems. They can wreak havoc. And what it seems like is that a, there's a lot of people out there who are sensitive. To a lot of these natural toxins and and anti nutrients that are found in different plants that we consume, and you know I think this can be for a number of different reasons. This could be from over consuming plants. This could be from generally just consuming a diet that damages your gut and impairs its ability to be able to properly handle the nutrients that are coming from these plants. Uh, it could also you know there's just I think there's a lot of factors that factor into why somebody may be you know having gut problems when they're having a ton of plants. So, and a lot of times people don't realize that plants are are causing the problem. So a lot of times because we assume that vegetables, especially green vegetables or really any plant because we assume that they're good for us, then when we have a digestive issue, we don't think about them as being the potential problem. Mm -hmm. Um, But the truth is, you know, plants do contain these compounds that can be harmful to our guts. So when we give ourselves a break, like we would do on a carnivore diet, which is very similar to like a low FODMAP diet, it's very similar to an elimination diet, you're removing all of these compounds, which is giving your gut just a chance to, you know, rest, it's giving itself a chance to um, recover. And, you know, depending on where you're coming from, when you go to carnivore will determine kind of what changes are happening here. So if you were on, you know, let's say a a standard American highly processed food diet, a lot of the benefits that you're getting here is going to be from removing things like refined seed oils and different like processed ingredients and fillers that are wreaking havoc and, you know, causing leaky gut and all these different, you know, digestive concerns, a lot of the benefits going to come from that. If you're somebody who is on a, let's say, a ketogenic diet and you're consuming a ton of vegetables, you're kind of following that, you know, I need to get at least 30 grams of fiber per day, uh, but you're actually, you know, kind of having a lot more than that. You've been doing that for a long period of time, then the primary benefit you're going to see is in just removing the toxins and plant compounds that are found in those foods. Right. So that's kind of phase one: is you're giving your your gut a break.
0: And you have you had a great analogy. I'd love for you to share it now about the deloading. Yes.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So um, you know the thing to note with these compounds that are found in plants is that there there may be benefit to them. So there's something that we call um, a, a hermesis, right? Which is is a process that when we have like a stress response to something in our body. There's a kind of a net positive to it. So this is very similar to what happens when we train. So when we train, like you go out and you exercise, you're lifting weights, um, you're putting stress on your body, uh, and you know that stress, it's an acute stressor, and it leads to changes in your body. Your body adapts to that stressor, and it becomes stronger. It's a good thing. But if you're always training and you're always beating down your body, and you're not properly recovering then this stressor becomes kind of a chronic stressor that now can become a problem. It can actually be damaging to your body. Um, we, can, you know, we can start causing health impairments rather than improvements. And I think that something very similar happens with plant compounds. I think that when we're consuming plants in the right amounts and when our digestive systems are primed to be able to utilize plant compounds when we eat them, I think that we are able to kind of get some, that the stress that comes from those nutrients, I think we're actually able to adapt to that by improving the strength of our gut uh, improving the integrity of our gut, improving our digestive system as a whole. But when we overload ourselves with these compounds and we don't give ourselves a break, then that's when this starts becoming a chronic stressor that's becoming a problem. So the deloading concept is you know, similar to training where we see when you train, you you do a deload, which is you reduce your exercise intensity, you reduce your exercise load, you take time off to recover. We find that you come back stronger. Um, You come back, you know, you actually in some cases make improvements during the deload, and you you put yourself in a position to uh, see a ton of improvements after that. I think that carnivore is like the deload for plant compounds in your diet. So you're, you're you're doing carnivore, you're removing those things, you're kind of giving your gut a deload from these compounds, which is going to allow it to recover through kind of the ways that we've mentioned here, and then and we'll kind of get into how meat can further help with this. But then, you know, when you start introducing these plant compounds again, and you start introducing them in the right amount, now your body's kind of better able to handle them and better able to put them to good use than it might, may have been before.
0: Such a great analogy. It makes so much sense. So continue. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So, you know, and then the, the second way that a carnivore diet is able to... So, you know, step one, you're removing compounds that are causing your gut to just not you know, optimally function. The second thing is that meat's actually providing a ton of nutrients to help with the repair of your gut. So, you know, we're talking about nutrients that one helps digestion, but also nutrients that help with repairing the lining of our gut, repairing the structure of our gut, you know, reducing the, our risk of things like leaky gut syndrome, which is so common in people that have digestive issues and autoimmune conditions, we're restoring the structure and function of the digestive system through the compounds that are coming from primarily red meat, so you put these two things together, and you kind of have this dual-factor approach of you're reducing the level of stress and you're you know improving the the strength of it. It'd be like you know if you had a house and there were you know no windows and no roof on it, and it was raining outside. You're stopping the rain and you're fixing the roof and the windows, right? You're doing both at the same time. Whereas you know I think that the standard. Elimination diet or low FODMAP diet is probably just taking advantage of one of those, which is just giving your gut a break and not really optimizing for gut enhancing nutrients like carnivore
0: does. Mm, Great analogy again. So then the question is this Chris, do you believe that carnivore, strict carnivore, is sustainable long term, meaning for more than a year?
1: Uh, I think it depends what you mean by sustainable. So if you say sustainable in a sense of, do I think it's healthy and that somebody can do that without having health problems and continue to see improvements during that time? Absolutely. And I know people who have done it. I think that there's no reason to think that a diet that primarily consists of the most nutrient dense food on the planet is going to be bad for us. So I think sustainability in that sense, yes. If you're talking about sustainability in sense of like enjoying your diet and things like that, I would say it depends on the person. So for somebody like me, I've always been a little bit more of a eating for function type of thing. And also just kind of generally enjoy meat and vegetables and with primarily meat. So like me following a carnivore diet is very easy and sustainable. But for somebody who has a little bit more of a, they like to cook more or they you know have a palate that just kind of desires a little bit more flavor. I think that a carnivore diet can be a bit boring uh, and a lot of people will want to, you know, Follow for a short period of time and get off of it, but I think that that's okay too. You know, I think that there's, I think carnivore is very similar to keto, where there's certainly conditions where people have, you know, a therapeutic reason to follow the diet more strictly and more long term. But I think there's conditions where people can benefit from just a short stint of it, um, using it as a tool in their diet tool belt that they bust out when they're experiencing, you know, certain problems or they they need a reset or whatever it is. You know, I think that using the diet in four to six week blocks followed by a, you know, whole food diet that includes some plants, I think is a really great approach and probably more sustainable for most people. So, yeah, I think that it's, you know, there's definitely some individual um, there's an individual component to that question, but I think that from a health standpoint, no reason to think it's not sustainable from a hyper palatability standpoint, maybe not so sustainable.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Good point. And also uh, from a standpoint of just enjoying life because it can be restrictive when you're out with family and friends I teach and view carnivore the same way as a tool, same thing with keto. So what what do you recommend in terms of for the general population who want to use this tool? How long do you recommend to use it for?
1: I think at, at the very least two weeks. So I think that if you're somebody who, like, again, I think it comes use case, right? If you're somebody who, let's say after the holidays, you've been eating like trash for the last month and you want to just kind of get like a little bit of like a reset and a restart to kind of jumpstart you into better health then I think just doing like 10 to 14 days can be a really great strategy to get to start seeing benefits. I think that's enough time to see like the minimum benefits. I think the best is going to probably be somewhere between four and six weeks. I think that's where you're really going to start giving your body time to heal itself and to really experience the benefits. And you know, in the first couple of weeks, it's not uncommon for people to have some digestive issues as they're getting more accustomed to this low fiber, uh, low to no fiber approach to to nutrition. So, you know, I think it's good to push through that, get through that first couple of weeks, and then, you know, get to experience a few weeks of what it's like to be adapted to carnivore, because there's a ton of benefits that come along with it. I mean, you, you don't have hunger, you don't have cravings, mental clarity and energy are insane. I feel like I, I work out better, I'm stronger in the gym. So there's so many things that are great about it, that it's nice to be able to, I think, experience those for a longer period of time. So I think, you know, four to six weeks is going to be my general recommendation for most people.
0: Yeah, great. And then where can they learn more about your your carnivore challenge? Yeah, so anybody who wants to learn more about it can check out meatreset.com.
1: That's where they can sign up for the challenge. So we actually have a small group going through the challenge right now uh, that are kind of the the early adopters to the program. And we are going to be launching another group coming at the end of December uh, leading into the new year. So this is going to be for people who want to kind of use the carnivore diet to reset after the holidays and jumpstart their new year's goals. Um so yeah you can check that all out at meatreset.com or you can you know if you have questions shoot me a dm on Instagram.
0: I love that. Meetreset.com. sounds great to me. We'll we'll uh, we'll have Rachel put that down below in the links of the podcast and on the YouTube video down below you could see it. It's funny because Whenever I have a casual conversation with somebody, whether it's somebody who lives in my building or I'm at the airport, or I'm on an airplane, I'm talking to somebody and I mention, you know, that uh, I'm a health educator and I teach keto and I have books. They're always like, oh yeah, you know, I need to I need to start eating healthier. I wanna I need to eat less red meat and eat more plants and vegetables. And I'm like, oh actually, <laughs> it's actually the opposite way if you wanna kinda reset some things and I explain, you know, if you do it the right way. And and it's it's important to understand when Chris and I talk about red meat and animal foods, we're talking about sustainably sourced animals, right? Animals that were treated the right way. They were fed, grass-fed, grass-finished beef and, and, and um, lamb and wild-caught fish, seafood. So you got to do it the right way. But if you do it the right way, then yes, it's super healing to the gut. It has It's chock full of vitamins and minerals. So it's, it's interesting. Do you find that as well, Chris, where you talk to people casually and they're saying, I need more fruits and vegetables and less meat? For sure. I
1: get... Uh, you know, being somebody that's a health educator as well, it's just that you, you kind of run into this thing where everybody that you talk to tells you what their diet is, no matter what <laughs> every conversation is. Here's what I eat, uh-huh. uh, which I love. I, I think it's great. But yeah, it's it's so funny how many people will speak with such pride that they're eating chicken and turkey and or uh, pork and vegetables and and like lean meat, and they'll kind of talk about this being a good thing. And you know, this is including people who are doing a really great job with their health and and seeing a lot of improvements. And then a lot of people who are not seeing as many improvements and they're wondering why. And I think it's always so eye opening to them. Uh, One population that I think has been really interesting to kind of hear their response to this has been professional athletes. So I I do some work with professional athletes, just helping them with their nutrition off season, in season nutrition. And a lot of them have been brought up to to kind of go with the traditional lean meat and and carbs. Like that's the approach that they take. So for a lot of these guys, by the time they get to me in the off season, they've maybe taken some time off, they may be a little bit metabolically damaged. So I'll recommend to them a low carb approach that's primarily red meat and vegetables, green vegetables. And, and that'll be like kind of a three to four week thing to kind of prime them up and get them back to using carbs effectively. And that's always met with this kind of resistance, like, oh, are you sure? Like, I can eat like ground beef and everything. Like, that's cool. No, no need to worry there. And like, yeah, you know, it's, you kind of have to go through and explain to them a little bit you know, why they think the way that they do. I think it's always important for people to have that understanding of like, no, I understand that you think that and here's why you think that. And when people have that little bit of context, I think it helps a lot.
0: Oh, totally. You know, the way that they... That we've been taught, even myself, when I was a personal trainer uh, back in 2009, when I went through my uh, health transformation, was you know lean meat, the leaner the better. You know, cut the fat, and we understand now that fat is essential to our sex hormones, to the brain function, to the building blocks of the cell membrane. So it's 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 interesting to have these conversations with people, and I have found that when I explain the body from a biochemical lens, and I'm like, well, do you know we're made up of cells and every cell has this lipid bilayer, lipid meaning fat. And uh, the brain is mostly fat. Babies that are breastfed go in and out of ketosis to help the development of the brain. That really lands with people and it helps them understand, oh, actually more fat could be better. And then when they make that switch, I'm sure you've seen it, they feel so much better. Their vitality goes up, their libido goes up, their energy goes up because now they're giving their body and their cells uh, these building blocks. Do you see that as well when they make that switch? For sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't realize how bad they feel until they start incorporating some fat in their diet. And admittedly, I was there too. I mean, after my undergrad and kind of thinking that fat was bad and cholesterol is bad, I was definitely on a high protein, moderate to high carb, low fat diet. Like that's what I was following. And, you know, thought that my lack of energy was not getting good quality sleep or thought it was, you know, that I was pushing myself too hard in the gym and, and just, you know, always coming up with excuses because it couldn't be that I wasn't eating enough fat. Right. But, you know, the improvement that I saw is the same improvement that so many other people see is that when you're, and and it shouldn't be surprising, right? If we're eating the things that our body needs to thrive, we're going to feel better. So when people start eating more fat, if you're coming from a low fat diet, this is going to be the first time that you've been providing your body with the things that it needs. So it's going to waken things up, you're going to feel ways that you haven't felt before. You know, if you're all of a sudden eating eggs for breakfast instead of toaster strudels, like your rest of your day is going to feel dramatically different in terms of your energy levels, your mood, your cognitive performance and everything. So and to me, that's the most rewarding thing, right? Like it's nice to see people lose a lot of weight. It's really nice to see. Uh, you know, of course, we want to see people who, you know, are able to reverse chronic disease and things like that. But the really rewarding things, I think, are to just hear people say things like, I don't hate my job anymore. I don't, you know, I'm not groggy going to work. I can spend more time with my kids now. Uh, I'm in a better mood. I'm happy. I sleep better at night. Like those little things where it's just people are gaining their life back. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, if I think if people real like there's so many people out there that don't realize that they have that capability that, you know, healing is something that they actually have all of the resources necessary is available to them right now to be able to heal their body into some capacity. And I think once people kind of catch a glimpse of that, it it really can be like the first little marble that leads to something greater. So I think that, you know, for anybody listening to this, it's like, if you can just have day one, you know, get your day one and experience what day one and day two and day three feel like, it's going to be really hard to look back.
0: Well said. You know, it's one of the most selfish things we can do is be unhealthy because then we are not just robbing ourselves, ourselves of our true potential and personality, but those around us suffer. But when you do the opposite and start focusing on your health and filling your cup up, then that cup could overflow to other people. So you're so right. And it's funny, you mentioned toaster strudel, man. I used to have toast with every single morning with a glass of milk. I used to put it in the microwave, drink the milk, and I felt awful, but it tasted good at the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think at one point in because I was somebody who like in high school I grew really quickly and I was always like a really skinny kid, but I was playing sports and trying to gain weight, so I was just doing whatever I could to to gain weight. Dirty bulking. Oh yeah, dirty bulking, man. I remember eating like like a whole plate of like cinnamon rolls for breakfast would be like what I would that be like the whole thing of it and still still couldn't put on weight because i it was just like you know a kid with a crazy high metabolism but it was crazy even then you know even though like eating that way didn't lead to like me being like obese or anything like that i definitely can remember you know doing things like in sports having like low blood sugar and like getting like my hands feeling shaky or you know being like just tired in the middle of the afternoon in school like no there's no reason for a 15 or 16 year old to be tired at noon like that's you know not normal so i you know it's just it's crazy the the changes that your body goes through as you start putting the right things in it i think the breakfast component is one of the the biggest things like you know even just making that small change for people of what like what you have first thing in the morning whether it's something or nothing dictates what your body's running off of for the rest of the day So if you're consuming a ton of carbs and sugar first thing in the morning that is going to have a profound impact on the rest of your day so even if you don't think you have the discipline to change everything in your diet just take a look at that first meal of the day and either make it you know if you can't make it something better make it nothing with fasting and you're going to see a ton of you know improvements and not only health but just like quality of life as a whole
0: yeah, well said. That's a great place to start. You know, if you're if you're listening or watching and you're, you're struggling with your health and you want to just take that first step, then uh, focus on that first meal. Whether it is switching that high carb, high processed, sugary breakfast. Whether, by the way, granola and oatmeal and whole wheat are included with that because that turns into sugar in the body. So making that switch from the carbs to protein and fat and fiber. That PFF formula is pretty good. Or just saying, you know what. I'm going to have a cup of coffee, some tea. I'm going to fast. That can make a big shift and help you stack some momentum as you now start tweaking other things along the way. Okay, I want to take this opportunity now to get to... um, a member of the Keto Camp Academy, Rick, who actually is doing carnivore, and uh, he has some questions for you. You know, it's a unique opportunity for the members to actually come on these interviews and ask the thought leaders in this space, like you, Chris, some amazing questions. So let's bring uh, Rick on here and let's see what questions he has for you. What's up, Rick? Hi, Chris. Hi, Bill. Hey, Rick. I'm great. How are you?
2: Uh, I couldn't be better. I actually been to the gym three times in two days because I have so much energy. I'm about six days into carnivore, been doing keto for about a year and a half. It's amazing, and I don't know how anybody could experiment with this and not stay on it. I love that. That's great news. There's my plug. (laughs) Um, The other thing is I'm one of those people that can't do the the organ meats necessarily. I grew up on kind of a farm. We had liver. I can do uh, the other stuff. I can't. Um, so I have been doing the desiccated organ meats, um, even with keto and obviously switching into, uh, the transitioning into full carnivore, but what do you recommend if any, uh, supplements because the meat is so nutritionally dense, are there still supplements, uh, and could you address the, uh, adaptogens? as far as a carnivore diet goes? Do you recommend those? And and what supplements would you recommend, if any, on a carnivore diet?
1: Yeah, great question. So the first thing I do want to mention real quick, because the taste of organ meat has been something that's been a problem uh, in my household as well. Been had been trying to get my wife into to eating it with me. I've kind of sucked. I don't enjoy the taste either, but I've been like sucking it up and eating it. Um, but I found that you can get these, um, so Force of Nature is a company that makes the ancestral blends, which are basically like 50% ground beef or they have bison, and then 25% heart, 25% liver. So it mixes it in with the ground meat and really helps with the taste. So we've been making things like stews and like last night we made, like if you're doing full carnivore, you wouldn't be able to do this, but last night we made like little uh, lettuce wrap tacos with them, but you can, there's like carnivore stew recipes out there that you can make that will help you get those organ meats in and and really help hide that taste a little bit so uh, I can follow up with you and and send you some recommendations there. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And then in terms of supplementation, I think electrolytes is a really big one. I think that's really the only one that is a necessity. And the reason why is because, you know, our, our ancestors, when they were eating a lot of meat, they were also drinking the blood of animals typically which contains a lot of electrolytes so they didn't really have a need for supplementation so i always think that's important to point out because we always talk about like eating ancestrally um, but you especially in the carnivore space but there's some things that we're not doing that our ancestors did do and and this is one of them so i think an electrolyte powder of some sort is going to be beneficial now if you're somebody who is going strict carnivore and not trying to have you know any other non-carnivore compound then you might have to look for a capsule electrolyte supplement because you know th- those are going to not contain anything like a like a stevia or or something like that so that would be my primary recommendation for supplementation and then adaptogens i think it really just depends on what your goal is i'm a big fan of adaptogens uh, i don't think there's really any that are like essential and especially essential to carnivore but i think that if you have certain goals then adaptogens can really align with them Um, I found that ashwagandha is really great for relieving stress. And I've also found that it's pretty incredible for uh, like a pre-workout ingredient, like giving me a little boost before I train. Um, I found that rhodiola and lion's mane are really good for like cognitive function and and kind of getting, you know, a little bit more focused when I'm doing deep work. So I think that if you, you know, if you're looking for a certain, I kind of view adaptogens as something you can use to enhance a certain goal that you're shooting for. So if it's more energy than, you know, something like Panax ginseng might be a really good adaptogen for you. If it's more vitality and stress relief, you know, ashwagandha might be that one. But yeah, I definitely think that they're really incredible ingredients to incorporate.
2: Thank
0: you. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Very much. Appreciate it. Rick, does that answer all your questions, brother?
2: I don't know what I would do with more energy, but I will have to check into that. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, man. Four times a day in two days, right? (laughs)
0: It's a good problem to have. So kudos to you, and and you'll keep me posting on how it goes. So thank you for uh, coming on here, Rick, and asking Chris the question, and kudos to you for taking action with this powerful tool called Carnivore. So I'm going to take you off here, Rick, and I appreciate the question, brother.
1: Thank you, both. Yep, thanks, Rick.
0: So we have some more questions here from some of the Keto Camp Academy members. Uh, okay, so Margot over there in Utah, beautiful Utah says, what's your opinion on the length of carnivore? She means to repair the gut after taking antibiotics.
1: Great question. You know, it's so hard. These questions always come up and you always say depends and nobody likes hearing that. Uh, <laughs> but I think it depends on the the length that you've been taking the antibiotic, right? So the longer you've been taking it, the the more damage that's going to be occurring. Um, but it also depends on what your diet looked like before and while you were taking the antibiotic, right? So if you were, you know, antibiotic with a highly processed standard American diet, probably going to be wreaking a lot more damage on your gut than taking an antibiotic as part of a whole food diet. So I think that's going to affect your length of repair afterwards too. Uh, I would say in most cases, you're, you're, the two-week minimum is is going to be where you're going to need to start. Probably going to require at least 14 days. But I would listen to your body in that timeframe too. So you know I would start it, I would do it for a couple of weeks, and then just kind of see how your digestion is responding. See, how, see if things are getting better. Um, see if you... like. You know, gut, having impaired gut health is a noticeable thing. It will zap your energy. It will alter your hormone production. It will prevent you from feeling great. So, if you're still feeling like, and, you know, Rick just gave us a great example of how great carnivore makes us feel. Right. So, if you're doing carnivore and you're still not, you're still feeling like not so great and digestion's not going good, then I think it's something that you need to stick with a little bit longer until you get. Uh, Maybe not all the way to how Rick is feeling with working out three times in two days, but um, at least, you know, getting those benefits of, you know, great energy, mental clarity, and so on.
0: What about for ulcer repair? Would you recommend carnivore as a tool to help with that as well? Oh, that's a great question. I would be hesitant to speak
1: about that because I have not read the research on it and wouldn't want to, you know, you know, it's again, one of those things I feel like if you're eating a diet that contains the most nutrient dense food and is removing a lot of foods that are damaging to our gut, I would have a hard time thinking that it wouldn't be a good fit, but I have not looked into that condition specifically. So I'm going to going to kind of hold off on that one. Yeah,
0: totally respect that. Um, So great answer about the carnivore, at least 14 days to help repair the gut. Also, I would recommend, Margo, I told you before to use a spore biotic, high dose, short term, 14 days is good in combination with that. Uh, Let's see. Mm -hmm. Shannon says one of the benefits she's received from keto. I don't think you've done a carnivore yet, but keto is off her insulin. So she's no more on insulin, which is terrific. Uh, Alina says, yes, breakfast sets the tone for the day.
1: That gets me so jazzed up hearing that about insulin. Awesome? Life changing. That's it's amazing.
0: It's a perfect example of what you said, how the body's incredible and we have everything we need as long as we just remove that interference.
1: Yeah. I just saw, give a little plug there. I just saw that Verta Health uh, raised, I think it was like 65 million in their latest round. Wow. Um, which is anybody, yeah, I mean, Verta Health using keto as a tool, keto, keto plus man. online coaching for diabetes. So that's awesome.
0: Jared says, what are some specific indications that you're likely reach substantial healing and or improvement with the carnivore diet? So what are some things to pay attention to?
1: I think kind of similar to what we were just talking about, like with Rick, is like feeling there should be a noticeable change in your quality of life. I think is going to be a good sign that things are better. Our gut impacts so many aspects of our health that when it's not healthy, we're going to have a ton of problems. When it is healthy, we're going to feel better in a lot of different areas of our life. So I think that like some specific indications would be digestion improving, not feeling very, you know, as bloated or um, nauseous after consuming meals, you know, having more energy, having more mental clarity. Uh, And then, you know, I think that there's probably some other things you, you could be testing that are a little bit more specific, like your blood sugar You know, when you're kind of adapted to carnivore and when you're experiencing a lot of the metabolic benefits of it, that's going to be accompanied with, you know, more stable blood sugar levels and lower insulin levels and things like that. So I think there's things like that you can test, but I think really just looking at things like your digestion, your energy levels, your mood, cognitive function, those are going to be really great ways to tell.
0: Yeah, yeah, and for me, Jared, I'll share. When I first did my carnivore experience, I uh, noticed experience. I noticed that my skin uh, complexion improved. I noticed my autoimmune flare-ups started to go away. I was less hungry. It was a psychological switch for me to make because physiologically I was not hungry, <laughs> and uh, I had nothing but just animal fat and protein. But I was so used to psychologically. Pairing that with vegetables and a side, that it was kind of weird, and I thought I was hungry, but I was full just because I wouldn't, I didn't have that side with it. So that's something that I noticed. But energy levels improved for me, my sleep improved. Uh, I verified that with my Aura Ring. Sleep scores improved, readiness score improved. So, yeah, those are some things that you could pay attention to, Jared. I think
1: just to add one more thing to that is, you know, if you're anytime that you're jumping into any sort of diet, I think it's good to have like a goal kind of mapped out like or some goals, some things that you're looking to change. Yeah. So if you're coming to carnivore, you know, having some things like for, for Ben, it might have been skin, right? Like I'm looking to see some skin improvements. Um, for me, one of the things was joint pain. I've uh, kind of always had joint pain in my knees from playing a lot of sports. And, you know, I'd heard about the joint improvements of, of a carnivore. So that was something that I was monitoring while I was doing carnivore that first time was like paying attention being intentional of noticing, when did I start seeing those improvements? And you know, how long did they last for? And when I stopped the diet? How long did I maintain those improvements for before I started going back to feeling you know the way I did before So I think whatever you like you should pick out some specific goals for you for why you're doing any sort of nutritional intervention and then track your changes within those goals.
0: Ah great advice right there. Um, so where is the best place Chris to go check out your work? I mentioned at the ketologist on Instagram where else
1: Yeah so at the ketologist on Instagram I also have a website that's at the ketologist. I wrote a book called Keto Answers that you can find on Amazon. That's 268 questions and answers about a ketogenic diet, um, and then YouTube, uh, which is Chris Irvin MS. Those are the the main places. And then I actually do have a podcast of my own, which my episode with Ben I think is going live today because we oh, did wow. a podcast. Well. Yeah, so um, I should be getting that over to you either today or tomorrow. But that is the Thinking Health podcast, uh, and I also have a newsletter called the Thinking Health newsletter, which is. Um, a lot of it's just a lot of nutrition philosophy and health philosophy is kind of the point of that newsletter so those are some different places you can check me out at
0: go check them out we're going to put all of those links and resources down below in the youtube video and in the podcast chris as you can see is a wealth of information he's just a good human being and uh how old are you chris 28 28 years old and look at the work that he's doing at 28 years old i am very excited to see what you're going to be doing when you're 38 48 and beyond because dude you are just well above your years when it comes to wisdom and i just appreciate your work uh thank you for breaking down carnivore so well we'll bring you back again we'll do round two and then we'll dive deep into your book keto answers and we'll do a a keto masterclass for the keto campers
1: i love it sounds great ben appreciate the kind words too man like i said I uh, definitely look to you for a lot of tips on producing content and education. So, appreciate those words.
0: I hope you enjoyed that episode with the Catologist himself. Check out the links and the resources down below to learn more about Chris's information. We have his book. Link down below in the notes of this podcast. We have his Carnivore Reset Challenge down below. We have all his social media handles. So go check him out. As you can see, he's doing great things. We also put a link for his podcast called The Thinking Health Podcast. The episode where I was grateful to be on his show has also aired. It aired a couple weeks before this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. So go listen to that interview he did of me. I share more about my 40-day carnivore experience on there as well. And that we'll put a link for that down below in the podcast notes. Shoot us a screenshot here of the podcast. Let us know you listened to it. Post it on your Instagram, either on your feed or on your uh, stories. And tag us both so we can see that you listened to it and we'll, I'll share that on my stories. My Instagram handle is at TheBenazotti, and Chris's is at Ketologist. He has a fantastic Instagram page. Just a reminder of the Keto Camp membership where you can get access to videos, a private Facebook group, exclusive live stream Q&A with me, downloadables, a monthly newsletter with keto biohacks, and so much more. You can get access to all of this for just a monthly payment, one monthly payment of $5, cancel anytime. head to startketocamp.com to get access to this immediately. We'll also put a link in the notes, startketocamp.com. Well, thank you so much for listening to the show. Please leave that rating and review, and you'll hear me on the next episode.